On this episode of Reliterated, we visit the fictional town of Bay City, Michigan. It's a place so incredibly generic, it could only exist in a story written entirely on R.L. Stein's coattails. Oh, I know what you're thinking. The real Bay City is already kind of boring. But this Michigan Chillers story makes the real Bay City seem like a much more interesting place by comparison. And it's a story jam-packed and fully fleshed out with words such as the, of, bats, big, we, ginormous, fly, bay, city, and more. Does author Jonathan Rand live up to his maximum chills guarantee in the bionic bats of Bay City? <laughs> uh, this is Reliterated, the podcast that's keeping it spooky season till Thanksgiving. Welcome to Reliterated, the low-brow book club of three grown-ass men reading the children's books popular in the 1990s, but with 2020s hindsight. Fair warning, we use language too mature for kids, analysis too immature for literary scholars, and ignorance too profound to be inoffensive to everyone. Also, we talk about our books in depth, and that includes spoilers, so before you listen, if you're not familiar with the story, prepare to be spoiled. And I kind of misspoke a little bit because instead of three grown-ass men here this week, it's just me and Josh and a guest host who is not a grown-ass man. Hopefully not. (laughs) (laughs) This week, uh, we are without Harold. Uh, He was just so afraid of bats that he he was suffering some post-traumatic stress, uh, something to do about the story that he told uh, on our last episode, and we've been trying to get him to do this episode for weeks. That's why we haven't been uh, uh, we haven't been able to release an episode. So we brought in a ringer uh, for Harold, and uh, our guest host this week is Janelle. Say hi, Janelle. Hi. Janelle has been our number one fan slash number one detractor <laughs> on TikTok for a few weeks now, uh, going through our episodes and. Uh, letting us know where we're going wrong, what she uh, what she likes, what she doesn't like, and how how we've insulted her, uh, her how we've insulted poetry as a whole. But uh, she is a poet and recently released a uh, a book of her own, and the name of that book is All I Wanted to Say by Janelle Allison, and that's available now on uh, Amazon, right? Yeah, yeah, Amazon and Kindle. Right. So, and also with me is Josh. As always, say hi, Josh. Hello, everyone. Yes, I am here. I was just being quiet because um, I oh, I'm just gonna lighten it off. I hate this book. This book was sh- was shit. It sucked. I hated it. <laughs> he's been stewing. Like he's had a couple extra weeks to stew about over this book, but we just finally have to release the pressure valve and uh, let out our feelings, don't we? I mean, I let you guys know how I felt as I was reading it and texting you guys about how I hated it. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's yep. it's not good. But I am happy yep. that Janelle is here with us to uh to help us analyze this this trash. <laughs> uh, because I I have uh, heard that she also felt very strongly about this, and uh, it seems to be uh, in in the same vein as mine. So I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Yep. And also, she's a resident of Bay City, so it uh, it gives oh. a little bit more more insight to just how insulting this book is. 
uh, yeah, uh, grew up in Bay City and uh, left for four years to Texas and then moved back recently. Um, so, yeah, I, I know a lot about Bay City and this book sucks. <laughs> And the book, just in case you haven't read the title of the episode you're listening to right now, is The Bionic Bats of Bay City from the Michigan Chillers series, number 14 in that series, uh, by Jonathan Rand. Spoiler, they're not bionic. So get that right out of the fucking way. Right. Uh, the, the, the American Chillers series, not American, no, it's Michigan Chillers. Uh, and then the author moved on to do American Chillers. But uh, it's, a, it's a very formulaic series where it's like Goosebumps. You can tell he's trying to be like Goosebumps, but he's got a very specific shtick of inventing like an alliterative monster threat to the place that he's pandering to, writing about. Yeah, he's not re- really writing about the place. He's just pandering to a specific geographic area. For instance, there is a, he wrote one about Caseville, and so he, of course, made it about cheeseburgers because of the Cheeseburger and Caseville Festival. So, And that's all there is to Caseville, though, to his credit. I mean, that's really all that's... <laughs> There's a beach there! <laughs> There's actually a really nice beach there. That's where my senior skip day was in high school. So um, take that back. Yeah, suck it, Andy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so Caseville has a beach and a cheeseburger festival. I wonder if the beach even came into into the story. That's not the book we're here to discuss. Well, I'm not going to read it to find out because no. No, the I don't even know if this book will uh, make it into my new apartment. So we'll uh, we'll see how that goes. So the Michigan Chillers series has how many books in it? Uh, Was it a twenty-seven? Twenty Michigan Chillers, and there were uh, forty-four American titles. Chillers. I remember forty-four that. American. Yeah, because uh, yeah, uh, because the country uh, is a larger market than the state. So oh, he's so his strategy is to uh yeah, get out there into the larger country because Michigan books aren't going to sell in like Idaho. You don't know that. <laughs> that is sixty-four books too many. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Mm-hmm. But he he's been doing pretty well for himself since uh looks like he started writing these books in the year two thousand. So over the past couple of decades, uh he's been uh he's been hustling. Yeah, uh these are the books that I remember a lot of kids reading when I was in school. Um, since I am nine years younger than Andy and what does that make me 13 years younger than you Josh so, like that, um, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so these are the books that a lot of kids read when I was in school I was never allowed to different story but um I'm glad that I was never allowed to um, but there are way too many books of these in public school systems Definitely way too many for the kids good. <laughs> if Some you... of the students in my classroom read them and I just, I cringe. So we know Janelle's connection to Bay City. Andy, what is your connection to Bay City? Well, I grew up uh, in Auburn and Auburn has Bay City Western High School, which is the, the school I went to uh, in part of the, the Bay City area so i have friends from bay city uh, i eventually lived to essexville which is like bay city's 
Bay City Light on the. <laughs> it's like a, the expansion pack for Bay City. <laughs> white, white rich Bay City is what you're t- eh, talking about. I, I don't, I don't know no. if it's the rich part. You can call it the rich part of town, eh. but uh, the apartments are dirt cheap. That's why I lived out there. And there were nice apartments out in Essexville, but they were just fucking far away from everything. That's why I moved away from Essexville. Yeah, I, I was there. I went to your apartment a couple times. It was fairly large. Yeah. Compared to where I live, but... Yeah, yeah a, <laughs> a very large two-bedroom apartment. We started at... Actually, no, I take that back. We started at 400 a month for a single bedroom, and then we moved into a two-bedroom uh and it was like five something, like 525 or something a month for a giant two-bedroom apartment in Essexville. But uh, yeah, then things happened and <laughs> Here we not are. in that apartment anymore. Yeah. Here we are. Yep. I moved to Midland and I still maintain friendships out in Bay City. Obviously, Harold's still out in Bay City. Mm-hmm. And, and Crazy Quarters Arcade's out in Bay City. I visit that place a lot. Nice. I'm in Bay City. And Janelle's in Bay City, but nice. I haven't visited her out there yet (laughs) (laughs) no um that's that's because i am staying with my parents right now (laughs) that is perfectly fine it is it is if i could i would Mm -hmm. but they live in michigan so no cold no thank you (laughs) when you have lived away from your parents for an extended period of time and you have to move home Ooh, I can the see things, that being a <laughs> yeah, being an issue. <laughs> things can get a little cramped. See that? Say that. Mm-hmm. Well, my connection to Bay City is that my second year of going to Saginaw Valley, I decided I did not want to live on campus, and so I had to find a place, and I found a a bedroom in a little old lady's house, who uh. It was real cheap. It was $25 a week. So <laughs> I was like, I will take that. 25 a week? A week. So like 100 bucks a month. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I will take that deal. Uh, but there were some strange rules. Like I couldn't have friends over <laughs> and interesting things like that. So yeah, I only stayed there for uh, about a year. And then I moved to Saginaw. But I lived on Chilson. Chilson Avenue, I think it was. Chilson? Yeah, Chilson, mm-hmm. which was down just a few blocks away from where Harold lived. And I worked at the Bay City at the, on North, what is it? North Euclid? Um, it is on Euclid, but the Little Caesars. Oh, whatever. North Union. Yeah. Yeah, North Union. Yeah, the Little Caesars there. I worked there for several years, and that's also where Harold and I, uh, First started off as enemies uh, because he hated <laughs> he hated me because I was like I, I'm not gonna work hard I get paid minimum wage why would I work hard <laughs> to uh, <laughs> to uh, becoming friends and you know now we're you know we have a podcast together <laughs> so uh, so yeah that's that's my base city where uh, also when I w- growing up when we went to the city. For the day, we go to Bay City because they had a cool mall. And I was from, you know, Elkton, which is a town of like a thousand people. So going to Bay City was a big deal. So, yeah, Bay City Mall used to be pretty hype 
Oh, I remember when it was so huge and like there were just tons of people there and now it's just a, a mall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's barely even a mall. It's a it's a movie theater, a Planet Fitness, a Spencer's. <laughs> Wasn't the library uh, there for a little bit? The Yes, um the Sage Branch Library had to relocate to the mall for a while and my mom was working there. I I think it was because they were remodeling the Sage Branch okay. Library and so they they set up shop uh out in the mall and everybody liked it when I was out there but they finished the library and they moved back in. I spent a lot of time at Sage Library uh didn't have air conditioning at the the, the little lady's house. Also she was a hoarder. So there were literally like three rooms opened. <laughs> <laughs> so no air conditioning <laughs> for me so i would go to the sage library and just you know read all day when it was hot i read go ask alice which we have on our list but yeah. oh you know what i think it was i think th- there was a time that like the library had to really really scale down operations and i think it was because like they didn't get a millage passed or something and so they like consolidated a lot of the librarians closed a few branches and uh yeah i don't I don't know. Yeah, I think that would have been when they closed the South Side. Yeah, you would have still been in town uh, when when that happened, right? Because yeah. they closed the South Side branch mm-hmm. and they moved yeah. all the materials from Sage Branch to the mall. Yeah, I don't know. It's gonna, it's gonna, <laughs> it's gonna bother me. Let's uh, let's reluctantly <laughs> get back to Jonathan Rand over here. <laughs> oh. And the bionic bats of Bay City. Oh, Andy, did you want to did you want to tell the listeners about somebody you may have may have ran into? <laughs> okay, before before we get into the actual story, and we're I don't I don't think we're going to spend a whole lot of time on the actual story of Bionic Bats of Bay City. It's shit. There is a lot of there is a few <laughs> things that I want to point out in the story, but we'll we'll get to that. But about a week and a half ago, we're in the the first week of November, and so it was still it was late October. Um, spooky season was in full uh, full bloom. Uh, I happened to be driving uh, north on forty seven uh, towards Freeland, and past Bain's Apple Farm. And saw on the sign to Bain's Apple Farm, welcome Jonathan Rand, today, one to four. And so I'm, I'm like, well, I've got to see what this dude looks like in person these days. Because I did see him like back in the day, like in the late uh, first decade of the 2000s. And I think he was doing like a book signing at a Meyer, And he just looked like this <laughs> greasy guy in a suit with a ponytail and like just shyster numero uno walking around like he's big stiff whatever but uh yeah i i went there to to go scope him out and he's out there in front of the apple farm with a couple of uh pop-up tables uh got his books all laid out he's got his signature holographic sunglasses on with like i think the like holographic skulls on him or something or I like liked eyeballs. your text. It was, oh God, he's wearing the glasses. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's wearing the glasses. I took a, a selfie of myself. <laughs> a which slide. Is redundant. Selfie of yourself. Yeah, yeah. Mm, couldn't let that one, couldn't let no. that one go, go by. Mm-mm. But I took nope. a selfie with him in the background to show Harold and Josh and Janelle that uh, I was in in the presence of, uh, of the man himself. And... You know, actually being out there, seeing him uh, sign books, interact with the fans, sell his shit, even though it is shit, 
let's let's be honest uh i do gotta say i gained a little bit of respect for the hustle i mean i know i'm probably more of a capitalist than josh is oh i'm sure you are seeing as i'm not one he's putting in the work himself still out there he didn't have someone doing it for him like he's uh a couple decades older than when he started and like there's like young people who were uh telling him how much they, they like his stuff which is misguided but you know somewhat admirable i guess it's getting kids no. reading <laughs> but it's no nope. it's not good it's not good so but i, yeah, I do want to give him maybe it can be a gateway to better things hopefully maybe I don't know. hopefully but i do want to i do want to say that it, it was nice to find out that in 2007 uh, his real name, by the way, is Christopher Wright. Uh, Jonathan Rand is a pen name. Right. And he lives at 3227 Meadowbrook Lane in... No. No, I'm not so gonna... much. But he... <laughs> That's a fake address. Not doxing him. He became involved in exposing a case of animal cruelty and documented the case on a website called Thor's Warriors, a website that shows hidden animal abuse and cruelty cases to the public. So I was like, oh, well, you know, at least he's doing something with his uh quote-unquote fame so yeah so he's 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 got a he's a person he's got a good heart in there yes sometimes good people do misguided things (laughs) (laughs) i mean he's definitely got a a formula for success i guess (laughs) i guess it's it's a bad formula it's it's keeping the uh the chiller mobile with gas in the tank, I guess. But, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a sub self-employed business owner operator kind of (laughs) guy. I don't know, but I'm, I'm just saying I, I respect the hustle, even though it's a, it's a small timer thing, even though it's like not, not primo shit. He's slinging out there, you know, kind of like myself. Uh, it's, He's still putting in the work, and I guess that's respectable. I get it. And, you know, if if things were the way I wanted it to be, he would be able to write all the time, and we we don't want that. So, uh, <laughs> that's okay. And yet, we want him to be better. Yeah. Do better Do better work. Go, go back and fix your, your Go writings. to a class <laughs> and learn how to write. Research the places you're writing classes. about. Oh, God, research the places you're writing about. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's let's get into it. Let's yes, get into this. Let's get into the story. Terrible book <laughs> called Bionic Fantasy <laughs> City. <laughs> so uh, I wanted to bring up the definition of bionic. Yes, which is having having artificial body parts, especially electromechanical ones. That doesn't happen in this book. There is zero artificial body parts in this book. They are just big bats. <laughs> they are just <laughs> big bats. And I think like the um the rationalization for using the word bionic is just like, well, they're strong like they have bionic parts. Well, yeah, he they bring up bionic like strength several times. Bi- <laughs> bionic like strength. Yes. Because then it could be bionic esque bats. Or you're a writer. Make them bionic. It's not hard. <laughs> yeah. Figure out how they're bionic. 
This you obviously settled on the alliterative title, which is part of your formula. Like every title you do has to have alliteration to it. I get that, but be creative and give them bionic parts. I literally thought up a better story reading this using bionic bats, and I'm going to write it. And the first thing that's going to happen is a guy is going to be like, wow, this book fucking sucks. As he throws it onto the fire, and it's going to be like the cellophane slowly tore away from the from the page as the flame ate at this, and it's going to be this book because it <laughs> fucking sucks. <laughs> so yeah, I, I literally thought of a better story in my head while reading this, and I was like, I'm going to write that, <laughs> and then I'll All self-publish right. it and see how it goes. <laughs> Okay, so the story of Bionic Bats of Bay City. This story is narrated by a 12-year-old boy named Jamie, and he has a sister named Tori, and they do the typical brother and sister thing uh, like you see in Goosebumps books where they're trying to scare each other like all the time, or at least for the first few chapters of the, of the book. Yeah, because in the first chapter, we find out he has to do chores. And he goes into detail about these chores because he's a terrible writer and is trying to pad his book. <laughs> yeah. I, I used to complain about filler. I know. I'm sorry. I apologize, listeners, because th- that <laughs> there's a lot filler. of obvious filler and padding. This is filler. In this book. Oh my yes. God. Also, he wants to go see a turtle. I mean, I get that. Turtles are cool. <laughs> I mean, he's 12. Tur- yeah. His friend Meredith caught a. A box turtle, which I don't know, was it you, Janelle, that did the research and yes. found that they don't actually live in the in the Bay City area? Yeah, you haven't had one like on record in Bay County. <laughs> so, not to mention, what river was this chick on in the banks of getting a turtle in Bay City? It's not the Where? Saginaw River, which is the actual river that goes through Bay City. <laughs> they don't have a lot of like marshy I was areas say, there's not really a place where that on the Saginaw River on the yeah. Sa- yeah other than like Tobacco Marsh out at State Park which is the only plausible place that you could possibly catch a box turtle but there still hasn't been one in Bay County so right and these kids live near downtown like there's a few there's a few hints I, not that I think that uh Rand actually spent some time in Bay City to figure out where this book actually takes place. But based on like hints in the uh in the story, where downtown is relative to where they are, where there's a baseball field that comes in, in later on in the book, uh near near a river, even though the river is not gonna have like turtles hanging around there. Yeah, I was thinking it was down by Vets Park, right? Well no, because the the baseball diamonds in Vets Park don't have like a building for like announcing. Uh and I I wanted to go and check the area out, but I believe that the you know the baseball diamond, uh, uh, Josh, you have lived in Bay City for a while, but I don't know if you would know, but Janelle might know. The baseball diamond near, I think it's Independence Bridge. It's near where Harold lives, Oh, actually. yeah. Yeah, I know Josh, what you're talking about. Next, next to where Hooligans was. Yeah. Which had a fire and shut down. Uh-huh. Rest in peace. <laughs> Everybody says it burned down, but yeah, rest in uh, peace, Hooligans. R.I.P. Hooligans. Many a karaoke nights were spent there. Yep, and many a future karaoke night was dashed. Yeah. When they burned the place for the insurance money. <laughs> Not surprised. 
Allegedly. Uh, and alleged by many, but including me, but not proven or I don't know, just a rumor. But anyways, I believe that it's that area that we're talking about here because it's also near a school and that they're calling it like Eastern High School nowadays, but it used to be like Webster Elementary out by a, a Woodside and oh, like, okay. Yeah. Um, no, it, that wasn't web. It used to just be Woodside or Woodside Elementary. elementary. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it was um, actually when Woodside closed, it was Eastside Middle School. And I went to sixth and seventh grade there before that closed. So, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. As this book is playing mm-hmm. out, that's the area that I have in mind. And I, as as I was going, oh, well, I haven't been by there in a while, but I believe there is some sort of like building and like built dugouts and uh, like a structure for like an announcer or whatever. Yeah, what have you? The, at, there is at that ball uh, diamond. I honestly completely forgot all about that area until you said something because again. I've been gone for four years. <laughs> right. And, <laughs> and, your, and your parents are on the south side? Of yeah, the- we're we're on the south side. And so I almost never go over Independence Bridge anymore. But yeah, that's that's just a couple blocks from, from Harold's house. And I used to okay. drive by that all the time on my way out to, uh, to where I was living in Essexville. And I know uh, a couple other friends of the show, Marky Mark and Maddie Ice, they live out there, uh, Essexville area. And they might be able to... Uh, to back me up uh send, send me a message guys let me know if uh you know more about that that ball diamond area we might have to uh take a trip out there i wanted to do like a uh a goofy little movie uh spoof off of this but uh life is kind of getting in the way right now of uh of harold even being here this week so i don't well, know this, i don't know this if doesn't that's gonna deserve. happen it doesn't deserve it <laughs> it deserves parody i i disagree no not even parody you wouldn't even Again, it's not my it time because I don't live there, so I don't have to really participate unless you want me to narrate <laughs> something. You know, I don't believe in burning books, but I believe in burning this book. Ooh. See, now mine is a signed copy. I, I wouldn't want to get rid of it. The- <laughs> There's even a sticker on the front that says it's a signed copy. Of course there is. <laughs> Why? Because he wants to make himself seem like a bigger deal than he is so he can become a big deal. It's the hustle. I mean, mine is signed by someone's grandma and grandpa. So I think that's a bigger deal. <laughs> mine is also signed by the by the kid who used to own the book. So <laughs> his name was Christ. Uh, this child's name was Nathan. <laughs> And he had this book in March, no, April of 2014. So mine's a crisp copy with nobody's name on it. Good for you. <laughs> Was it even signed by the author? Hell no. <laughs> well, shit, I could have gotten it signed for you the other cool. day. Cool, because it's still cool. going in the little library. Because I don't want this. <laughs> <laughs> a Michigan Chillers book out in California. Yeah, let's see how well, see how long it takes before it gets taken. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so back to the plot. What plot? There is no plot. <laughs> right. It's just every chapter is a setup for a kind of a cliffhanger, but not even kind, like yeah. Some of some of them oh. are like jump scare cliffhangers, and some of them are I was safe. Only I wasn't. Dot dot dot. Yeah, they were stupid. Like he tells you that they're gonna that something's gonna happen. 
so there's no cliffhanger. It's just like it, it, it sets you up and then tells you and then it has to go into detail in the next chapter. It doesn't. Oh, it's terrible writing. It's just awful writing. <laughs> and you can tell he's trying he's trying to fit into R.L. Stein's footsteps. He really is. But it's it's just he's not good at it. I read some of it to my coworker who, again, has written six novels. And she's getting a master's degree in literature. And her response to me just reading a little bit of it was, sounded like someone went to the first two weeks of a intro to creative writing class and was like, yep, I'm good. And was that was it. <laughs> just started <laughs> writing it from, from here. there. I was like, that's a very apt description. Very, yes, I like that. Mm. <laughs> I have fifth graders who write better than this, so... Mm, I can't wait to see what they come up with. Maybe we'll cover their future books on future episodes of Reliterated. I, s- <laughs> I sent you a screenshot of uh, one of their stories because he wrote about the salty poison air. It's terrific. Salty oh, poison good. air. Ooh. It was beautiful. I'm like, oh my God. <sighs> oh my gosh. Step oh, aside, yeah. Jonathan Rand. Yeah, that's a burgeoning writer right there. <laughs> yeah, and... It had a vampire cockroaches. Ooh, very nice. And it it was wonderful. Uh, It was a beautiful story. Hey, if it's good enough and it's if it's short, we could always you know read that. We could do a mini episode on this. We'd have to do (laughs) not an episode on it, just like read it and be like, yeah, that was really good. Like a or we could like a mini episode type of thing. Yeah, I don't know if we would. I don't know, maybe get permission to uh well, of course we'd have feature to it on our our social media or whatever but of course we would get yeah. permission we'd have to give credit that way you know the kid yeah. gets gets his props and stuff so so then i have to get permission from the parents and the school and hey can we put your can we put your innocent son innocent child's writing on this the uh the feed of a uh a very vulgar, <laughs> very immature book club podcast. Yeah, just make, get, just get an ROI. <laughs> we'll we'll make sure it. to give him credit at, under his full name. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if anyone's going to get that jargon. ROI is a release of information, which is used in um, my line of work in social work. So nice. Yeah, fun, fun facts for the for the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> so Jamie's going to get this. This bullshit vacuum from the Yeah, from the he basement. has to go to the basement, but the light and, goes out. Ooh, so, whoa, mm. whoopty shit, he has to use the flashlight. Big whoop. Then he hears squealing and sees glowing red eyes. <gasps> End could of chapter. A Next chapter. Oh. Yeah, could it be the titular bionic bat in Bay City? Nah, no, it's a, no. It's a mouse. Yep, just a mouse. Which he's just like, okay, cool. <laughs> I like mice. And then he does chores for four pages. <laughs> Well, he has to make sure he does them right, so that way he doesn't have to stay and do them again. And then they write about going back with the vacuum back to the basement. Seriously? Oh, Oh, God. I hate this book. (laughs) Yeah, there's more detail on what he does with the vacuum cleaner than there is on, uh, like, what these actual bats are about. Yeah. It's... It's terrible. I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> so I do. That's, that's how we are trying to describe this book to you people. We are trying, but it was so bad. Mm. <laughs> so chapter three, he vacuums the house. 
Uh, mom is making dinner. He want he tells her he wants to go to the playground. She's like, "Okay, but finish chores." Okay. Uh, end of chapter three. He takes the vacuum back to the basement. Chapter four. It's a little scary in the basement. And all of a sudden, ah, he feels something bite him. Oh no, no, it was just a sister. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, it was a sister jumping out, doing the little sister thing. And so then he gets to go. He finally leaves and gets to go see the turtle that shouldn't exist. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so <laughs> chapter six is where he quote unquote sets the scene in Bay City. Terribly. Like this is the result of his extensive research into into our hometown. <laughs> Bay City can get some pretty fierce snowstorms too, but not now. It was summer, July tenth. Not a word about the, the famous fireworks festival. That <laughs> oh god, in Bay City. that's right. <laughs> Oh, shit. It's uh, July 10th, apparently. Uh, Then a paragraph that reads, Bay City is located near the mid-portion of the state of Michigan, close to Lake Huron, one of Michigan's five great lakes. In fact, it's one of the busiest shipping ports in the state. You can see huge freighters pass by in Saginaw River, which has nothing to do with bats. (laughs) (laughs) There are also lots of of, uh, cool places to play along the riverbanks that don't exist. Yeah, no. Not on the riverbanks. <laughs> there are no riverbanks there. No. There's the river walk. Yeah, there's the. I was just say there's the boardwalk that you could walk on. Yeah, there's Vet, Vets Park, which has a river walk that at the time did have a playground. Actually, the they the Imagination Station is gone now, and there's like a, a couple of the playgrounds on the other side of the Vets Bridge now, but not nowhere near as cool as the Imagination Station was at Vets Park. Yeah, that was my jam when I was little. I once got in trouble uh, playing at that place after dark. We were in high school and we were playing uh, hide and seek (laughs) after like a after a play performance, I believe. We were just all stupid teenagers (laughs) and we're like, hey, let's go to the Imagination Station, play hide and seek. And then the cops roll up and they tell us to to get the hell out. It was a good time. Uh, That seems mighty sus, actually. Yeah, we were all just being super sus, playing in a playground after dark. (laughs) As teenagers. As teenagers. Playing hide-and-go-seek in a playground after dark. It seems a little sus. Dang, kids. (laughs) (laughs) Teenagers are the worst. Just further proof that teenagers are the worst. Again, scare scare me. I don't like them. Uh, several pigeons waddled on the sidewalk ahead of me. Do you know pigeons to be around Bay City? I've never seen a pigeon in Bay City. I mean, I looked it up and where, um, there were two, technically one of them is morning doves, but those I know about. Yeah. And then, I mean, I could see how a 12 year old would say that's a pigeon, but then there was another one and I sent it to you, Andy, but I... I didn't write it down. So yeah, me... they're definitely not known for pigeons. There's more, way more seagulls. I was gonna say it, seagulls and morning doves. Uh, sometimes crows, but not most, not most of the time. I don't think rock pigeons. Uh, rock is pigeons. The other one. Hmm. But anyways, this is the extent of information about Bay City that that pops up, and you would think that. For someone who likes to pad his writing so much, he'd include a little bit more facts about Bay City or just mention landmarks here and there. That would take, you know, research and 
That would take effort, yeah. Effort, so. Yeah, even just naming the school that they go to play at, like, it was just a playground at a school, but there are a lot of schools with playgrounds in Bay City. <laughs> right. Maybe he does that so the kids can be like, oh, maybe it's my playground. Yeah, but like, re- maybe. But I'm saying, like, really make it for the people from the area. Name drop some... Some places around town. Talk about like the Delta the planetarium looks like a fucking popcorn bucket. It's a KFC chicken bucket. <laughs> the KFC chicken bucket. Yeah, they can't talk about Chemical Bank. That that used to be a cool landmark, but they put that down. <laughs> Chemical Bank isn't even a thing anymore. But their building was cool. I remember it being really It was. Cool. The Chemical Bank building, yeah. It was really cool. There's not a lot of landmarks in Bay City anymore. There used to be the Texan. That's gone. <laughs> <laughs> Chemical Bank building's gone. At least you do still have the planetarium. Mm-hmm. You got that weird thing by the planetarium, that artwork. Oh, the friendship shell. Yeah. That's what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, the toilet seat. Yeah, that. The toilet bowl, yeah. <laughs> the toilet it's bowl. It's the friendship shell. Yeah. yeah. See, just off the top of our heads, we're coming up with more Bay City-ness than is in this entire book, and mm-hmm. it's really sad. So, yeah, he gets to the playground, and Meredith, his friend, yells at him to look out. Something swoops down at him. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but he's okay. And Meredith was like, it was a ginormous bat. So she apparently claims to have made up the word ginormous. I've been saying ginormous since I was a child. I think that's just a thing you do. Yeah, that got me so yeah. steamed up. It says right in the book, that's a word she made up. Ginormous. She says it's a cross between gigantic and enormous. It's not a real word, but she uses it a lot when she's describing something really big. So not only is he giving credit where credit is not due, he's explaining exactly what it is when we can figure it out from context because paragraph padding. (laughs) (laughs) And he does this. He does this with the game of hide and seek. I know. In the next chapter. I know. Uh, Who the fuck does not know how to play hide and seek, and yet it merits like two whole paragraphs describing the process of counting while other people hide and then trying to find them unless they, they can run back to a safe zone. Like, what, what, are you, what are you doing? I know you're writing to kids, but kids are the, are the authority on <laughs> hide and seek. <laughs> yeah. You don't need to explain to them what hide and seek is. They even come up with variations. It's crazy. It's like they're creative or something. Oh, yeah. You know what? Uh, like, red light, green light is now very much back in on the playgrounds because of squid game like there's all these kids i'm I'm seeing everywhere playing red light green light and then like pretending they're dead when they get caught moving after red light because squid game is so popular right now but it's a simple ass game that's been around forever yeah i played it when i was a kid only now they they're pretending that they're dying when they (laughs) they get eliminated i've never seen it i don't plan on watching it so I haven't watched it either, but uh, in the show, it's a bunch of people take place in this life or death stakes game uh, because they're they have like huge amounts of debt that they can't get out of. So they play for a huge cash prize. But the catch is that when they get eliminated, they get eliminated. Oh, okay. And they play this variation of red light, green light that has like a giant robot doll at the far end of a field. And uh, 
uh, when the like the doll turns her head uh, when she says red light, and anyone who's moving gets shot on the spot hmm. and killed, and they have to make it past a uh, past the line in order to to advance. So that's what kids these days are uh, <laughs> are into on the playgrounds, playing the Squid Game. Super cool. I feel like there are so many easier ways to get rid of your debt. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> death is probably the easiest way to get rid of your debt. But debts. there are easier ways to die, okay? <laughs> but are they as fun? I could think of more fun ways to die, okay? <laughs> that sounds terrifying. I remember, it's all for the enjoyment of others. Yes, because the other thing is that it's like a, a Hunger Games type broadcast game show deal. So of course the elites run it. Hmm. So so it's the elites running it. Yep. F- fun. And I haven't seen an episode. This is just my my Your understanding uh, of interpret my understanding of what goes on in Squid Game. Yeah. Again, I'm, I don't plan on watching. But it's like sh- it's it's showing up on a lot of like the kids YouTube stuff and. Okay, yeah, I was gonna say that you weird. described that way too well kids- <laughs> for someone who's never seen a single episode. Like kids are fascinatingly like macabre somehow uh, it's yeah, the kind of stuff that my son has been into like since he was like five or six and now he's eight like the five nights at freddy's creepy stuff the like bendy and the ink machine uh, all this all this like horror stuff and it gives him nightmares and he knows it's what gives him nightmares but he can't not watch because it's other kids on the on the youtube engaging with this stuff so he's part of the crowd when there's like all this murder and shit going on you want to know how i cured myself of nightmares how'd you cure yourself of nightmares actually i didn't really do it it just happened so i was 10 ish when um the ring came out okay and my parents rented it and they let me watch it while i was home alone um by myself and as soon as the girl got her phone call um the phone rang at the house and i was terrified but i answered it Mm -hmm. it happened to be my parents um and i didn't sleep for like two or three nights in a row just because like every time i closed my eyes i thought i was gonna die and then i was never scared of another horror film or anything like that again Hmm. so just let him watch the ring by himself in like (laughs) a year and a half um and while he's watching it wait like 35 ish minutes into the movie give him a call um he'll be fine (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) it didn't scar me for life or anything we're fine (laughs) nice Because that's the trick to uh, to getting over your fears is to um, just en- engage with it. Face that fear just a little bit. And then when nothing bad happens, you face it some more. And as you don't get like the negative feedback, when you continue to face that fear, you'll not be so fearful of it anymore. That's exactly what my therapist told me about anxiety. Hmm. That might be where I got that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it is. So um, you're welcome. <sighs> So what happens next in the story? Well, I was going to say nothing. The, the turtle the turtle's name is Clyde. That's pretty cool. 
<laughs> Klein. Yeah. So and, yeah, uh, there. But there's yeah. a turtle that has nothing to do with anything. But he it's has just a cool the, name. Uh, so Clyde. Yep. Mm-hmm. Clyde the Glide. But uh, their cool friend Alex shows up, and we know he's cool because he's on a skateboard. Oh, he's so rad. And eating, he's eating he, bagel bites. <laughs> <laughs> Sing your song, Andy. Sing the song. <laughs> pizza uh, in the morning, pizza in the evening, pizza at supper time. When pizza's on a bagel, you can eat pizza anytime. Nice. This is the raddest shit back <laughs> in the day. <laughs> I had bagel bites a few months ago. They were not as great as I remember them being. <laughs> <laughs> I still like them. Pretty good in an air fryer. Tell oh, you that much. there you go. Everything's better in an air fryer. Mm-hmm. That's a fact. <laughs> Speaking of facts, there's rumors about giant bats in downtown as they're like uh gather as the kids are gathering to play hide and seek. A couple of them are like, "Hey, I've heard of that. There's giant bats attacking downtown, uh, but we're still gonna play hide and seek." And then Alec, super nerd, starts giving them facts about bats for some reason. Some bat facts because, because he did a project on them. <laughs> well, we don't know this right now but we find that out later but then you find it out in like half a paragraph yeah (laughs) and alec knows so much about bats but he doesn't know what the word ginormous is so again we have (laughs) she said it was ginormous what's ginormous alec asked curiously oh it's a word she made up i answered it means that it was really big Mm -hmm. so this is the second instance of them of jonathan rand Claiming to have invented the word ginormous through a fictional character in one of his books, <laughs> and then explaining what the word means. But then Alec book. knows so much about, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then Alec uh, rattles off some, some facts about how big bats are supposed to get. And somebody, uh, Jamie asks, how come you know so much about bats? And Alec stops walking to say, at my old school, I did a report about bats. I had to stand up in front of the class and everything for five minutes and tell everyone about them. So I did a lot of studying. But he failed to study that Michigan has more than just brown bats. Mm. There, there. I think there were five or six different bat species <coughs> yes. that you can find in Michigan. One of the things he says is the only bats we have in Michigan are brown bats. But that is factually incorrect. Because I looked it up. You could have because binged research it, is important. <laughs> you could have yes. binged it. Was being around back in 2007? I'm sure when it this was. book was published. I think so because I remember all of the I remember being in school and everyone saying, "Well, because it's not Google." And so Bing was kind of popular for like a minute oh. while I was in school. See, this is why I was supposed to. So I was supposed to Bing it, not Google it. I'm going to Bing. I'm asking how old is Bing? 2009 is when it was. 2009. 2009. So, okay, so I was still in school. So okay, <laughs> apologies to Jonathan Rand. You could not have binged facts about bats. He could have asked but Jeeves about that it. shit. <laughs> he could have Googled it or asked Jeeves, or gone to your local library. Yeah. Libraries have been a thing for a long, long time. I'm going to bing how old libraries are. <laughs> I was just about to ask you if you were going to bing that for us. Well, I know that they had the Library of Alexandria. That was a long time ago. Not anymore, they don't. No, it got burned down. 
<laughs> the oldest library in the world is the Ebla Library, circa 2500 to 2250 BCE hmm. in Syria. The oldest known library. So Meso- Mesopotamians, I believe. So yeah, four, four and a half thousand years ago since libraries have been a thing. So no excuse. <laughs> yeah. Learn your no cities, excuse. learn no your excuse. bats. <laughs> Uh, anyways yeah let's get to this terrible <laughs> terrible trash book um so he they, they cliffhanger it with jamie gets attacked by something in the sky but it was just a kite but it belongs to a guy named bobby reese and oh, of course this kite is my favorite he goes on and on about the kite who gives a fuck <laughs> yes he gets hit by a paper kite <clears throat> A paper kite that was about three feet tall and two feet wide. It was striped with all sorts of colors. Red, green, blue, yellow, orange, purple, and more. And it had a tail made of short cloths that had been tied together. There was a string tied to it, but it was only a few feet long. And there is literally nothing about this kite that matters for the rest (laughs) of the story. So why the fuck am I describing it? Filler. Filler. Yeah. I mean, Tolkien does the same thing about rocks, so. No, no, he really doesn't. <laughs> I need to get Harold. Harold, come back me up here. I need some. I need somebody to hate Tolkien with me. If you if you if you listen very hard, you can you can hear the sound of his of his vape. Just... <laughs> yeah. There, a little bit of Harold yeah. <laughs> in this episode. So, uh, yeah, Jamie invites him to the hide-and-seek game and then does more chores. <laughs> so, uh. and then, so, yeah, he does more chores, so more filler, and then he's like, all right, he's going to go, but he has to take his sister. So he's like, you know what? I'm going to, since she got, she tricked me in the basement, I'm going to trick her and tell her that there are giant bats attacking people. But there literally are giant bats attacking people. That's what the fucking story is. Oh, I hate this book. It's so bad. There's another thing in this book that keeps popping up, and it's use of sentences or like dialogue that starts with the word O, comma, and and it continues with a with a but statement. Like here in this one a couple of pages I can see a couple because I underline them every time. I didn't um, count how many times it popped up, but stuff like, oh, I know what you're thinking, I continued, but lots of people have seen them. And then, oh, I've played hide and seek before, Tori said, but not with your friends. And only I only have to go a few pages away. <laughs> oh, I was a little nervous about that, Alec replied, but it wasn't too bad. Yeah, just... Like, lazy. Uh, it's lazy. Very it's lazy. Very lazy. It's it's a cash. It's a cash grab. <laughs> That's what it is. But you still gotta respect the hustle. No, mm. I don't respect. No. <laughs> there's respect. There's absolutely out there. no respect here. There's zero respect <laughs> for this this terrible terrible writer. I'm pretty sure that I actually told Andy when he said that he respected the hustle <laughs> that I had lost a little bit of respect for him. Mm. I mean, you have to have respect for Andy before you can lose any. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's a it's a net uh, no net change there. Okay, well, I had a little bit of respect for him before, <laughs> and uh, not no more. It's, 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 yeah, it's on the ground right now. 
Did you throw it on the ground? <laughs> I did. I'm tired of holding it. I'm an adult. <laughs> uh, what do I look like? An idiot? So Jamie is trying to get get back at his sister and tells and talks about the giant bats flying around, you know, to try to scare her because he doesn't really think that uh, that they're around. Even though he, he, he literally got attacked by one. <laughs> Even though he didn't, he didn't get a good look at it. And then his friend was like, There's, "It was a ginormous bat." Wait a minute, what's ginormous? He said. Oh my god! No. Don't no. Stop, uh, stop it! Don't no. So yeah, he's he's hyping it up, trying to get his sister more scared, and it's working. And then right when it, you know he can't hold it hardly anymore, he's just he turns and is like, "There's a giant bat flying right after us!" And so he st- takes off, and then so she takes off. So they run to Alex's, or Alex, not Alex, Alex. Um, yeah, A-L-E-C. Yeah. So he gets, he starts laughing, and then Tori's like, oh, well, he was just joking. And, quote, he, she's mad, but, quote, she deserved it. And then this is where he describes how to play hide and seek. Yep. Uh, I hate this so much (laughs) (laughs) we're not going to describe it because i'm pretty sure y'all know how how insuik works it takes up a full page of two long paragraphs someone needs to read it (sighs) okay well as the as the narrator of the group i'll do it (sighs) put a fun accent on though (laughs) okay fun accent let's go I'm going to count to 30, then I'm coming to find you, Andrew said loudly as he walked to the porch and sat. He covered his eyes and started counting. It was a pretty simple game, really. All we would do was find a good place to hide before Andrew counted to 30. If he found us, or if we didn't find a place to hide, he would chase after us and try to tag us. If someone made it back to the porch before he found him or her, or before he tagged him or her, that person was safe, and that meant the kid wouldn't be it during the next round. Even though it was a really simple game to play, it's always a lot of fun, especially after dark. I headed across the street and darted between two houses. There were a bunch of bushes behind one of the houses, and I knew I could hide there without being seen. Of course, we'd all played hide-and-seek so much that most of us knew all of the good places to hide. The trick was finding a place where you could see the porch and the person who was it. Oh, hi, Mark. (laughs) Bravo. Bravo. (sighs) Like, we know how hide-and-seek works. So Andrew is counting. Andrew is it. He's counting. Jamie is hiding. And he looks up and he sees, his for the first time, a giant fucking bat with giant fangs flying directly at him. End of chapter 13. Yes, but luckily the bat misses him. Because again, he's in the bushes. So this chapter, something relevant actually happens. Yes, this is this is where the book takes off. So we it, Except, we got, it took chapter of. 14 to get a, a legit giant bat. Oh. Well, I mean, it, it <sighs> kind of takes R.L. Stein about this much of a book to get to like where the actual beasts are are around and becoming a threat, you know? 
I guess. But at least I don't want to claw my eyes out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at least he I'm doesn't in, doing in it suspense. in a bafflingly terrible way. <laughs> yeah, he's actually built suspense and, and, you know, terror and his building upon a core idea and not just filling pages with fluff about how hide and seek works. And a kite. And a kite. <laughs> And instead of the bat continuing pursuit, uh, Jamie starts yelling at the other kids and telling them that they really did see a giant bat. And hey, let's discuss this. Let's talk. Let's talk about how bats have been seen downtown. And hey, that this this isn't a thing. Yes, it is. Blah blah blah. What do we do? Well, I had heard about a a, a tale of a. Some weirdo clowns in Kalamazoo, yada yada, in a, in a story that's available for purchase and <laughs> paperback and hard copy. <laughs> yeah, creepy clowns at of your, Kalamazoo. At your local bookstore. Yep, there's a, a reference to another Michigan Chillers book in here. With an imminent threat, let's plug another book in the series. Mm-hmm. He just can't help himself. See, this is why you don't respect the hustle. Yeah. <laughs> Because if you have to do self-plugs that this isn't even a shameless self-plug. This is shameful. Yes. I will I will give this to you that this is not in good taste. <laughs> <laughs> He's also really terrible at like repeating his foreshadowing or attempt at foreshadowing cliffhangers. Like right. as it turned out though, none of us would be going home. How many times did he say that? throughout this book like none of us would be going home tonight yeah or something that wouldn't be the worst thing that would be happening tonight yeah okay we get it we get it it's bad and you think you're safe but you're actually not we get it yeah so yeah they look up and they start seeing a bunch of stuff coming out they start seeing dark silhouettes and such and then they heard the flapping of the body and their wings and then a cloud of bats descended upon them uh, we're at chapter 15. We just got to chapter 15. Where five kids are running, running so fast. fast. Kids ran fast. Like, you've you've never seen them run that fast. Like, oh my god, they're so fast. They're like Sonic. And if anyone was watching us, they probably thought we were running a marathon race. I'm sorry. Yes! Unless you are an Olympic athlete or someone who trains to be fast in a marathon, you don't run a marathon fast. No, Thank you. you pace yourself. Yes, you do not run as fast as you can in a marathon, idiot. As someone who has actually ran a marathon, you don't run it fast. <laughs> you run it long. It is a very long very very painful day day if you're running a marathon to get away from something you're gonna get caught you want to run a sprint yes do like the 100 meter dash yes you're you're thinking of a sprint sir (laughs) marathon race what (laughs) no one says a marathon race either a marathon race, yes. It's a little bit redundant, but he needs those extra words in there for reasons. Gotta get his word count up. Yeah. Yep. God He's got forbid, the publisher breathing down his neck. God forbid he actually described the bats, but he doesn't really. He just says they're huge and that their heads were as big as basketballs. But he doesn't actually describe the bats at all. What the fuck, dude? Ugh. This is a bad writing. <laughs> it's just terrible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
All right, let's uh, let's go uh, let's go marathon pace here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can do that for sure. Uh, Aren't we already going a marathon pace? No, we're, Don't we're you want to go sprint? Um, so the, they're running towards the baseball field now. Yep, they run and they hide in the dugout. Yep, they make it to an it's a semi enclosed dugout and they pile up uh, benches that they're finding around, which. I think they like they go like up and down with the benches, which means that they I've need thought. like a whole shitload of benches. They would be going, like, I'd, yeah. I'd say at least five or six benches. And it, it doesn't describe how dugouts, long they are. So right? we don't even know. Of all the things but, to describe, that he doesn't oh he doesn't yeah, describe whatever. things they, they, we need yeah. descriptions for, <laughs> and he describes shit we the, don't need descriptions for. Fuck, I hate this right. guy. And how many benches are inside a dugout anyways? Four, but anyways, maybe? Yeah, like lengthwise from left to right, not enough to block off the duck. Uh, it doesn't matter. They no. they do it. <laughs> <laughs> they they multiply the benches and make like a wall. They build a big, beautiful wall. Yeah, and they're safe. To keep the, to keep the bats out. And they're safe. So, of course, they're like, let's leave because they're safe. <laughs> let's leave. We don't see any bats. Um, they can't get us here, but we'd like to go home now. And see, this is one of the the ends of the chapters that I hated. I On chapter 16, it was just terrible. He's like, here's what we'll do, Alex said. And we, be, and we began to make a plan. A plan that was about to fail. We just didn't know it yet. That's not a cliffhanger. <laughs> Give your reader a little bit of hope. You took away the stakes. You lifted up the stakes and then you tore them away the very next sentence. Don't, just don't do that. <laughs> Just go to the next <laughs> chapter instead of adding that sentence that was not needed in any way, shape, or form. <sighs> I have a degree in communication, and uh, my minor was in creative writing. That is why I have I'm allowed to talk shit about this book. <laughs> if you so need you my got, credentials, you got the bona fides. <laughs> Did I say that right, Janelle? Bona fides. What? <laughs> Bo- what was that? Bona fides. Most people say it as bon- bona fides, but is that like Latin? Probably, but I, <laughs> you you'd have you want me to actually go and look it up? Like <laughs> I thought you knew more like, about, know, about Latin than I did. Just uh, just making I mean, a reference know, to the one time that you uh you critiqued our our Latin pronunciation okay, of a okay, name that you well, chose. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jokes are funnier can, when you have to explain them. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'll get you. It's okay. Besides, if we want to have fun, we'll have me try to pronounce it because we all know how that's going to work out. <laughs> yeah, I still would like to hear you take a crack at what my old name was on there. Not even going to try. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I did pronounce it in a video, so you do have that to go off of. That's true. I'd still probably mess it up somehow. <laughs> probably. <laughs> right. It's okay. Like but. the Hod- Haudenosaunee. Haudenosaunee. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, chapter 17 opens up with some more bat facts. Ooh, more bat facts. And I think Alec again having to explain that he did a report on it. Yep. Yep. Again, <laughs> limited research <laughs> that the author did. Yep. We have to uh, to justify the uh, the mindless rattling off of facts somehow. And we can't say it's because the author looked them up in a children's book about bats. Or just found the Wikipedia article. 
<laughs> yeah, Wikipedia was a thing in 2007, right? Oh, dude, yeah. That, I mean, yeah, Wikipedia I should know. I, I graduated college in 2006. I used Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah. I, I entered high school in 2006. You, sh- you show your mouth. <laughs> I had That's, to do no. I had to do reports where we weren't allowed to use internet research because it wasn't trusted yet. So how's that? Is it trusted now? I mean, yeah, yeah, because it can be constantly um, updated, unlike books. <laughs> so okay, so my bachelor's degree is in political science. My minor is in history, so research heavy. Um, but my one of my history professors would actually say that if you pulled up a Wikipedia article, just looked at all of the sources that that used to get your actual source of information. Yeah. Yeah, that's what was... I used to kind of do that. <laughs> I would be like, what books do yeah, I need? Well, I go to the Wikipedia, find the books, go to the library, get the books. That's how right. I did it. In high school, I it was driven home to us to never trust Wikipedia for anything. Mm. So yeah. just in the, what would have been six years between the two, the story really changed. And I was like, cool, Wikipedia, here I come. <laughs> Unfortunately, what I'm finding a lot with Wikipedia is when I try to click on the sites, the sources that they cite, like those are dead links now or like old articles that don't come up anymore. It's because you didn't donate to uh, the Save a Wikipedia Foundation that they kept on advertising a while. Oh, back. really? You get the you get the premium shit if you <laughs> if you pay. No, you just have to make sure that Wikipedia can like stay active, and they kept on asking for donations. Like, give us a dollar, and I'm like, no, I don't want to give you anything. I, why would I do that? Okay, then you're not get you don't get to see the sources. <laughs> you just have to take our word for it, motherfucker. And that is why collective knowledge will die, because it's not free. <laughs> because capitalism. Because capitalism. <laughs> collective knowledge will die because Jonathan Rand keeps writing books and doesn't research. <laughs> because there will, al- there will always be conflicting information that is taken <laughs> as equally valid. <sighs> but that's a depressing topic for another time. Yeah. We don't even have Harold here to get started on it, but yeah. I'm sure he'd get started oh, on it. Oh, he would totally get started. If only he were still alive. <sighs> Spoilers. I mean, I could get started on it. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> I, f- I fucking spoiled it, didn't I? Harold will eventually <laughs> die, people. <laughs> uh, but these people run for Alex's house. But Meredith gets grabbed. And they said that she gets grabbed by the neck. So they pick and they pick her up off the ground, which don't be a coward. Let it be a thing. Let it like one of them needs to go. <laughs> Use one don't. as bait to run away. Like, Use one as obviously. Yeah. And it, tur- it turns out that she's safe and the bat actually like grabbed her shirt or whatever. But no, we want blood. Well, she was going to they were going to do it, but Alec and Bobby grabbed onto her. So they were way too heavy. But yeah, they they just the bat just had her shirt, not her neck. And this is where they start saying that it's bionic when it's not fucking bionic. <sighs> yep, and we've already gone over that. <laughs> yeah, Jamie says that that means they're super strong. No, no, it's not. No, that's not what bionic means. It's not what bionic means. It's almost like the bats are part machine. That would make them bionic, <laughs> but they're not. They don't look like machines to me, Bobby said. They look real. They are real, I said. What I'm saying is that they have bionic-like strength. Does not make them bionic. 
but we have to justify the alliteration. We've already <laughs> committed to the title of the book. We have to use it. Again, I'm writing a book, same title, going to be better. Let's go. <laughs> this is why you don't write the title of your book before you write the book. <laughs> yes. Also, yes. And I can say that because I am published. <laughs> Hello, published author. <laughs> <laughs> So my summary for chapter 19 is nothing for three pages, ex explanation of what their word migrate means, and then the bats attack the bench wall. <laughs> is that a good summary of chapter 19? Yeah, uh, yeah, that's a pretty good summary. He does say, while it's not unusual to hear a siren in Bay City, or any city for that matter. I actually underlined that and said that this man has never been to Bay City a day in his life, um, because you don't hear sirens constantly in Bay City. It, at least not in the South End. And like I, I've lived in more than just the South End, but right where I am right now, hearing sirens is pretty rare. Yeah. Like the police, what the police have to do in Bay City involves like getting the jump on people and not announcing that they're coming. <laughs> so they have to lay off the sirens so they can get all the all the Bay Cityans <laughs> that are breaking the law. <laughs> the Bay Cityans that are breaking the law. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, what there was? I mean, recently there's there's been two people who were shot in the head this week in Bay City, but that's neither here nor there. Yikes. I I remember when I was in middle school. I think I was, and like. There was a report of the first murder in Bay City in like 25 years or something like that. Huh. So that's that's how common it is to um, hear police for that reason. Um, and you, I mean, I think I hear sirens more often for the police who want to illegally go through red lights because they don't want to stop. <laughs> Right. But yeah, um, Jonathan Rand uh, did not spend very much time in Bay City, if any. Clearly. Yeah. Anyways. So the bats attack the wall, which causes the benches to fall on the kids, but that ends up protecting them from the bats. Which is fine. I feel like these kids did not get as hurt as they should have. For having benches fall on them? Yeah. My wrist hurts. Can you move yeah. it? Yes. I guess it's not hurt yeah, too bad. Yeah, it hurts. <laughs> you're a child it, that happened you wouldn't even have probably noticed it oh yeah also these are children <laughs> yeah these are children <laughs> with heavy benches falling on them but anyways but bobby comes up with an idea turns out bobby's dad is bad at life and uh is a volunteer <laughs> groundskeeper and since he keeps forgetting the key he hid one at the field to get into the concession stand the press box and the concession stand, yeah. same build, same building. And I want to visit that site to see if that's what it is. But I'm not holding my breath because this for it's much more likely that this is a made-up place. I'm almost positive it's made up. <laughs> <laughs> Again, no research was done. <laughs> and also, things may have changed in the nearly 20 years since this was written. Bay City doesn't change that much, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's more like 15 years. Yeah. But there's probably not a key still under first base at any rate. <laughs> I don't think there was to begin with, Andy. I, I just have this feeling. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. 
And this is where we we are introduced to the phrase that uh, Jamie's dad says, which is nothing ever goes as planned. Yeah, that is a phrase, but (laughs) what does it have to do with this book? Nothing ever goes as planned. It's true. And then again, with the really bad non-cliffhanger, I always wondered why he said that. I was about to find out why. Also, if nothing ever went as planned, nobody would plan anything. So, odds are, when you plan something, usually it goes the right way. (laughs) I mean, I tend to... I try not to get too attached to plans I make because very frequently something shows up to thwart those plans. (laughs) (laughs) Especially with where my life is right now. Mm. And where, Mm -hmm. where other people close to me their lives are right now and that's kind of why we're recording this podcast two two weeks late <laughs> hey it's also like missing the whole second half of sco- spooky because month. because of the plans that i made that were amazing because i got to see my mother for the first time in two years and we had a oh, wonderful nice. trip and we went to monterey and had a good time in that area so some things do go as planned yeah went to pinnacles I saw an octopus and a sea star in <laughs> a tide pool and a crab. It was fun. I had a good time. Nice. And yeah, I got to see nice. my mom and yeah, we had a we had a wonderful time. So so plans do go well, Andy. Maybe for other people, but not for me. <laughs> not <laughs> as of late not anyway. Not or Sometimes they go okay. Yeah, sometimes they go okay. There there are some times where where things work out, but uh, recently yeah. not so much. Yeah, not without the expectation, like all the way up to and including when they those things are happening. Yeah, of things going awry. <sighs> things do oft go awry. So that is a much better phrase than "nothing ever goes as planned." <laughs> <laughs> I, you can I have like that one for free, Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> So they're trying to figure out what they want to do. Um, should they stay and hide? Should they take off? And then they decide that they're going to run out. But he has a silly little... Th- he has a silly thought. <laughs> then Jonathan Rand explains the three little pigs. <laughs> Why? Oh, Why Filler. Is exactly. It's fucking filler. And it's not good filler. No. Again, it's the three little pigs. Everyone knows that story. Do you think he used it because it's public domain? Yes. Actually, actually that makes sense. Yeah. That would make sense. So the the plan was to run out and get the key. But of course, when they get out to the... When they get out there, they can't find the key. And that's where the phrase, nothing ever goes as planned. It's because they can't find the key. But, oh, they find the key. <laughs> of course. Next page. Find the key. So then they're able to get to the concession stand slash press box, but then they hear something up in the press box. Uh, something's on the upper level, huh? But what is it? I don't know. We won't find out for a couple chapters. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that great, guys? They're foreshadowing, but not the way you're supposed to, because you're going to forget about it by the time that we get to it. They spend a whole chapter wondering what it is. Yep, and then eventually it came down the stairs. And was it a bat? Nah, dude. Nah. Mm -mm. Just a little chipmunk. (sighs) Damn it, Dale. (laughs) Damn it. So what could have been described as, it was just a chipmunk, was this. I'll tell you this much. We never expected to see what we were seeing. We had thought that perhaps a bionic bat had somehow gotten inside. 
Wrong. It was only a chipmunk. Seriously. (laughs) (sighs) Writing is trash. Sorry. (laughs) It's so much filler. Like, this is the first time that I think that I've ever agreed with you, Josh, on your use of the word filler as being bad. Again, I don't think I'll ever... I I haven't been saying filler (laughs) for the last probably two chapters. But... Yeah, compared to the the early stuff that we were reading, that wasn't filler. Nope, that was just <laughs> no. that was just that was, decent that was storytelling. Yeah, that was just decent <laughs> that was storytelling. storytelling. So we're spending quite a bit of time. We get caught in this trap very frequently, just getting caught in the minutia of what happens, and it's really not worth doing that with this book. No, we've we've kind of already run it through the ringer so let's (laughs) let's bring it on home so they're in the press box the chipmunk comes down because apparently chipmunks can make enough noise that it sounds like a giant bat they can i don't know you've never heard a chipmunk in a wall before they make some noise but so i get it but yeah they're they're they're, they decide to use the public address system to get help um so they they start yelling but they never mention the giant bats they just like, hey, come help us. So some guy gets super annoyed and comes out of his house. And then they see the, the bats go after him. So then they finally say, hey, the bats are coming. He doesn't believe them. Yeah. Until <laughs> they he try gets to a, warn him and he's he, yeah. still storming at him. I mean, if you didn't know about it, wouldn't you just be pissed off? These kids fucking. Oh, yeah, <laughs> totally. The kids break into the press box and start screaming over the PA system. I'm going over there. Give him a piece of my mind. Exactly. I just imagine this old guy, in like in a wife beater, <laughs> just comes out. <laughs> yeah, in a robe and bunny slippers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm wearing uh, I, I'm wearing these uh, fuzzy Crocs, so I I could totally imagine him wearing those because they are. You're so wearing fuzzy Crocs, dude. They're so comfortable. You've no idea. <laughs> Highly recommend. Anyone. Fuzzy Crocs. That's where it's at. Fuzzy Crocs. I I don't have fuzzy Crocs, but I have regular Crocs. And I will say that I was I swore against Crocs since the beginning of Crocs. Um, but when I was pregnant, my feet hurt and I needed something. And so I bought some Crocs and it was wonderful. Huh. Yeah. Telling you, Andy. And they make fuzzy. They do. They do. I have tie dye <laughs> fuzzy socks or fuzzy Crocs. They are awesome. <laughs> I have tie dye non fuzzy Crocs. Good taste. <laughs> Great minds think alike. So, <laughs> so this dude is storming the the press box. He's gonna go chew the kids out, but <laughs> and then uh, he gets attacked. They, by bats. they try to warn him. They try to warn him, and the bats swoop on him. And do they carry him away, or what happens? Oh, let me get there. I think so. Uh, I don't think he <laughs> this got is not a joke. Away. Run for your life. When I get hold of you, I'm going to. His flashlight fell to the ground and went out. It was all over for the angry man with the flashlight. I mean, they don't know what happened to him because he dropped his flashlight and they can't see that far. Yeah, they I were guess. too far away to see if one of them was carrying the man. But because this book is for kids and because the author is a coward, the man turns out okay and uninjured. But we don't know like, that yet. No, we don't, we don't know find that, that out till the end. yet. We find it out as kind of an afterthought at the end. Yeah. Like, oh, wait, I should probably tell him about the, that guy that didn't die. 
He should have died. He should have died. There should be a casualty in, in a horror story. Come on. So they're up in the press booth, and then a bat's like, oh, I know, I'll just smash through the window. So bat flies at the press booth window super fast and smashes it into a gabillion pieces. A gabillion. Not a real number. So why are you hating on your friend for saying ginormous? See, now this word you can claim to have invented in the world of your of your story, but ginormous is a word that exists outside and people know about it. But gabillion, I've never really heard of it here uh, except here. So maybe that can be your word that Meredith invented. I don't know. Just It's frustrating. Apparently, to uh, according to Urban Dictionary, it's the amount of frivolous government spending of my hard-earned tax dollars. <laughs> Gabillion? Yep. <laughs> I, can go, I can go along with that. <laughs> so where are we in this story? I mean, it's, it all just kind of blurs together after they get to the press box. Oh, yeah, the, well, uh, the, 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 the dude. Ba- the badge is smashed into a gabillion oh, yeah. uh, into the window and it went to a gabillion pieces. Yeah. And we learned about the government spending. <laughs> so, <laughs> Alec runs down scares and he grabs bats. Yeah. To defend against bats. Yep. The low hanging fruit. They're fighting yep. bats with bats. I mean, there's definitely that's okay. I don't mind. I don't mind that. <laughs> I mean, they yeah. are at a baseball field, so... Mm-hmm. And the, it's probably the reason that they're at a baseball field, so that they can fight bats with bats. You just know that Jonathan Rand was like, you know what's a clever idea? They should fight bats with bats. Maybe Ooh. that's the question you should have asked him. To be like, did you write the fighting bats with bats first, or were they at the baseball field first, <laughs> and you just realized that you could do it afterwards? Hmm... Why did you say they were bionic when they weren't bionic? <laughs> That's what I what, would have asked him. What was the question that I said that you should have asked him when you asked? Uh, <laughs> like, uh, when I was there in his presence? Yeah. yeah. Um, Something about why he sucks? I don't know. Or, <laughs> probably. Or what you should do. And I was like, kick him? <laughs> kick him. Just- I'm, pretty sure I, I'm pretty sure I texted you... Tell him I told. Tell him I said his writing is bad, <laughs> or something. Just tell him I hate him. Something like that. No, it wasn't him. Right. It was specifically his writing. Because I don't hate him as a person. I hate his writing. <laughs> uh, and this is where we find out that Jamie's actually a chauvinist. Because he's like, "Oh, Meredith, your girl. You can't help defend us." And then Meredith's like, "Fuck you. Yeah, I can. Put some in his place." So. In, tr- in actuality, he uh, he's like, yeah, girls can do it too. So I'm all right with that. So they're fighting off bats with bats. And they run back up to the to the press box. But this is the dumbest part. Because instead, when the bats, the bats attack them, and instead of swinging the bats and hitting them like a bat. They like jab at them. They poke, poke them. them. They poke, poke they the bats. They poke at them. Yeah. It's, oh, okay. So this is. Swing away. Didn't you see signs? Swing yeah, you, away. You guys have seen The Princess Bride, correct? Yes. Yes. I hate in the fire swamp when the R-O-U-S attacks her and she just kind of pokes it with the <laughs> stick. I hate that part. I'm like, swing it. Swing it, you stupid idiot. And then she finally does. And then it does something. Surprise. I hate that part of the movie. This is the only part of the movie I don't like. I love that movie. <laughs> 
it's my favorite movie by far. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the bats eventually get in, no matter how hard they poke. No matter <laughs> what they do, they keep just keep poking and poking, but they can't keep all the bats out forever. So one of them gets in and they run downstairs they re- because the- Well, first they try to block the- ta- they, they use a table to block w- the window and they brace it with boards, but even that doesn't stop them. So they right. squeeze and they get through and yeah- But who cares about them, that? So We're summarizing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They run downstairs. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, the bat's too big to fly downstairs. But then something comes flying down and it was just a regular bat. So the big bat disappeared, but they can still hear other big bats. Mm-hmm. So but all of a sudden like, well, there's just f- a regular sized bat we're safe. among them. Yeah. So they're like, okay, mm, well, whatever. Weird. But they're safe. So they fall asleep and then they wake up to thunder and then the police show up to help, help, <laughs> uh, help them escape. So uh, at this point, a giant bat comes in and instead of flying downstairs, it walks like a weirdo down the stairs. (laughs) And that comes just after someone said that bats can't walk. So. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Makes sense. It's like, it's okay. Velociraptors can't open doors. Oh, wait, shit. Clever girl. girl. So yeah, the kids run away and they run towards the cops. The bat comes out and tries to get to them. All the kids get to the to the police van except for Jamie because a giant bat attacks. But he uses a aluminum bat to defend himself. So the bat bites a bat, and then so Jamie gets to the van, and then the police. I thought this was funny. They slide the door closed. They don't slam it shut. They slide it. So it was probably a minivan. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, those police vans that Bay City police have. Police vans. I don't know if they no. have vans or not. I, I don't. They might. I don't know. For the purposes of this, they have vans. <laughs> so uh, the kids go home. Everyone's happy. Uh, we didn't even mention that. Uh, the little sister has a cat, but she's mentioned, and so she's okay, apparently. <laughs> I think the cat gets mentioned very early on in the book and has, like, nothing to do with the story, but, like, we get oh, reassured really? at the very end that the cat's okay, even though the cat, like, did nothing to begin with. Yeah. We find out that what happened is it's a sugar beet farmer. Uh, if you don't know much about Bay City, there are a lot of sugar beet fields around, and they have a sugar beet processing plant in Bay City. For pioneer sugar. So he was using an experimental fertilizer, which made the bats giant and also made them hungry or something. I don't know. It made no sense. It didn't. They're not bionic. And I I hate this book. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the angry neighbor was OK. Uh, turns out. Yep. Just fine. Uh, and so. Yeah. And the bats. And Jamie, uh, the bats get big and violent for only like 24 hours and then they turn back into normal bats. Which is why yeah. there was like a normal bat uh, in the in the press box with them. Yeah, it, it it must have been one of the first eaters of the fertilizer. So, uh, but yeah, they uh, Jamie meets up with Meredith. And they take Clyde down to the river to let him go. <laughs> Which, considering the river, it's not a great idea for this yep. turtle. <laughs> yep. Uh, Jamie has PTSD. Yeah. <laughs> as he's writing there, <laughs> dark shadow swoops over him. <laughs> and it makes sense because it was a seagull, yeah. which there are a lot of in Yes, in there are a lot of seagulls. They let Clyde go, and then uh, part of the story I really, really hate. Jamie says there are no lakes or pools near him. 
Uh, yeah. Um, hmm. A, you just said that you left a river mm-hmm. and you're in Bay City. Bay City is literally where the river meets the lake. Literally, literally. named for being on the bay. <laughs> lake Huron is right there. Yes. One of the great It's Bay lakes. City because it's on the bay. <laughs> I guess, d- does he not consider Saginaw Bay to be part of Lake Huron? I don't know. I guess not. I, I don't know. Yeah. I, again, he didn't do any research. Didn't look at a map. Doesn't apparently know how to use the word pedaling. Yes. Like twice he used the word pedaling as in like you pedal some wares or you pedal filth or whatever. P-E-D-D-L-I-N-G as the word to like operate a bicycle. But you want P-E-D-A-L-I-N-G. So he's a bad spot. Oh, but you got you to gotta respect the hustle, the pedaling. Yeah. You got to respect the pedaling hustle. It. He, at the very least, included sugar beets in a story about Bay City. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's one of the but, things that's actually synonymous with Bay City is- That is true. The sugar, the sugar beet processing plant. Smell. But yeah- if I were to write a book like this, I would incorporate like the smell of the sugar beets because that's a very famous thing about Bay City. Yeah, that that weird burnt peanut butter smell. Yeah, yeah. As part of the process of uh, forming the bats oh, or whatever, I don't know. I've never heard it so described think- as burnt peanut butter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what it smells like to me. <sighs> I feel like I have to burn some peanut butter to compare it, though. And I don't want to do I've that. I've never burned mm. peanut butter. Yeah, I've never burned peanut <coughs> butter. Just I was like, hmm, I think this is what burnt peanut butter smells <laughs> like. There's, to me, there's kind of like a pickly smell to it, too. I mean, I don't eat pickles, so. I don't eat pickles either, but that's like I, the smell of pickles reminds me of the smell of the sugar beets. Yeah. <sighs> I'd have to think really hard if it actually like triggers a specific scent to me, but it just smells like crap. <laughs> it yeah, is it's not awful. A good smell. Every so often, the entire town will smell just bad. Yeah, pretty much a good chunk of Huron County also at that same time because there's two or three plants. There's one in Sea Wing, I know that. Mm. I think there's one over near Harbor Beach. So, because there's a lot of sugar beet farmers up in the thumb. Right. Um, but the problem with the whole making the bats are giant based on some sort of experimental f- fertilizer, some weird chemicals in, in the uh, sugar beet growing process is it makes them mutant bats rather than bionic bats. Bionic, yeah. And that doesn't yeah. alliterate. Nope. And of course, we can't escape this book without him peddling some more of his own wares. Ah, so peddling. He, uh, <laughs> he meets a girl named Michaela, and it sets up the next book, which would be, if we uh, wanted to, which we're not going to, it would be the Calumet Copper Creatures. And... Yeah, I'm not going to read that book. I'm not going to read any more Michigan Chillers. No. Mm-mm. I'm I'm not. It, nope. They're bad. <laughs> the only reason I might want to read any other Michigan Chillers is like if I have knowledge of the town or whatever and I want to see like just how much that comes into play in the story. Like there's one about Saginaw and I'm just a little curious to see like how Saginaw it is, like, what he includes in it. It has to do with spiders, doesn't it? Uh, sinister spiders yeah, in sinister Saginaw? Spiders yeah, okay. Saginaw. Yeah, I won't be reading that one. It probably has the mutants of Midland. 
Egypt. Mm, nope, there's no Midland one. Oh, he needs to make one. <laughs> Why are you gonna read it? No, I'll make it. It would be, be better. Perfect. Oh, yeah, to we set up get, because yes. you do have it before like, he gets around to it. You gotta scoop him. I, I should. You have the runoff from Dow Chemical, like. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I'm a better writer than him right now because I took more than one class on writing. <laughs> you know what? I bet he I bet he's like too much of a coward to go against Dow and saying that something from Dow is uh like mutating people or mutating animals or whatever. Because you know they probably are. But <laughs> well, Dow there's a bunch of is, blinkies around. Yeah. There was something years back about them dumping stuff into the river at one point so yeah sounds like i need to start my own uh michigan chillers type books call it michigan monsters two story ideas michigan monsters. i already have two <laughs> yeah be better michigan at alliteration than good rand <laughs> I already have my mutants of Midland and my actual bionic bats of Bay City. <laughs> I already have the plot figured out and everything. It's great. I just have to write it. This, it, so yeah. If anything, this book inspired me to write again because I, I'm like I can write better than this guy, <laughs> so much better than this guy. So yeah, that's that was this book. Obviously, I don't recommend it, Andy. I think he stepped away. Ah, so we will return to our. Uh recommendations yeah Ugh, more stuff i gotta cut out it happens yeah we were just talking about your beard <laughs> it is quite it's getting bushy the bushy beard of bay county <laughs> oh no we met we met janelle she's your beard <laughs> <laughs> nice Ooh, i am on you're on, I am on point tonight <laughs> you see what happens when when harold's not around to uh <laughs> to monopolize all the all the humor. Okay. Yeah. I go crazy. I used to do stand up. Josh gets to quick. thrive. Yeah. So <laughs> but, we miss you, so, buddy. Uh, Come back soon. Miss you. Yeah. Well he'll be back. That's okay. He'll be back. Hopefully before the next episode. So yeah, I as I was saying, I do not recommend this book. It it is trash. Um just you could do so many more better things. Uh, you could watch paint dry. You could watch grass grow. Um, both of those would be better alternatives to reading this, in my opinion. <laughs> so you could get a root canal. You know, I would rather read this book than get a root canal. For for one thing, this book is cheaper. Oh, that's true. And it's not actually painful. It was painful for me. Okay. I, you know, I do actually kind of have a, a weird fascination and enjoyment of terrible things. <laughs> like, I mean, I like terrible movies. I feel like that doesn't bode well for me, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't exclusively like things that are terrible. <laughs> but, you know, I like, to, I like being able to talk with people about how terrible something is, about how just how awfully bad... And ridiculous things are. But you could talk about how bad root canals are then. Yeah, but I really don't want to experience that because they're actually painful and expensive and Okay, yeah, they are. And I physically uncomfortable like, physical uncomfort or discomfort. Uh, <laughs> uncomfort. <laughs> yes, physical um, uncomfort is bad. 
I we've been over how much I hate the dentist. I probably have some PTSD from dentistry in my life, but I would still rather go and get a root canal than read another Jonathan Rand book. So hmm. I don't know. I would read another Jonathan Rand book to get out of dentist work. <laughs> even though, even though in the long run, the dentist work is beneficial, <laughs> it's still more uncomfortable than reading bad literature. You're just a nicer person than I am, and you don't want to like destroy all of Jonathan Rand's confidence. <laughs> I do. I like he's ever going to hear this? We we should know. we should all we should all be free to to do our own thing as long as it's not actually hurtful to anybody. This that's true. This book was true. hurtful to my brain. That's that's also true. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we can have that debate as to whether or not the existence of this quote-unquote literature is detrimental to um, the development of young minds. <laughs> but I don't think he's actually hurting anything. Okay. Yeah, it seems like kids enjoy it for mm-hmm. what it is. And, you know, maybe younger minds, it's better. So that's all I, all I can think is that, yeah, when you're younger, it, it those things are helpful. Whereas to us, it's just mm-hmm. filler. And maybe See, it inspires influence. kids to want to do it better than than this. Like again, it inspired me to want to write again. Yeah. See, there, there you go. Better than he is. <laughs> <laughs> and this See, is something I'm seeing all the time in like some advertisements for these stupid like little mobile games or whatever. It like shows somebody failing ridiculously at this puzzle game. And it challenges you to want to play this game because you know you can do better than this schmuck. So it's actually a very good marketing strategy to, I guess, make a living by being a failure. (laughs) Yeah, failing upwards. Right. That's the thing. (laughs) You were going to say something, Janelle? I I was just going to say that I feel like this is the one book that I actually had a chance of doing like you guys originally did where they were books that you read in school. And then you compared them to your view on them then to the your view on them now. And this was the, probably the one book that I actually had the chance of doing, but I wasn't allowed to read it when I was in school. And so therefore, I can't even do that. And so I'm just uh. soured by my opinion now. <laughs> but at least next week, we won't be talking about Jonathan Rand. <laughs> Hopefully. Instead, we will be moving on to our <laughs> Choose Your Own Adventure adventure. Yay! I just said adventure twice <laughs> yep. because I didn't think right. Okay. We're still technically in spooky month, I guess, even though it's yeah, November now. But we're still in our well, spooky, spooky chapter. It's a spooky chapter. Yeah. yeah just spooky chapter. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be doing the Escape from the Haunted Warehouse by Anson Montgomery. There are 14 different endings, but we will come to probably three of them. Oh, only 14. <laughs> huh. Hopefully that doesn't mean that yes. there's a lot of pages in between decisions. I read through it. There are some fairly quick ones, and then there are some really long ones. There's one that I really enjoyed that I hope you guys end up going down that road because it's it's a story that's not told a lot, but it is a very cool uh, story from mythology that I, I like. So Okay. But I'm not going to spoil it. Well, it sounds like fun. Oh, yeah. Well, anyways, yeah. Uh, thanks, Janelle, for... Uh for coming on to the show and uh, filling out our our roster of of hosts this week. Yeah, thanks a lot. Yeah, maybe I'll uh, I'll knock another one of you off so that way I can do this more often. Um, 
<laughs> I can't wait to hear your review of this episode on TikTok. <laughs> I, I review yeah. my, I'll review myself. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, like, that guest host was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> the Gemini J is going to hate this one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, can we? Why do we have to refer to me by my handles? Can we just, just go by my name? It's fine. He's trying to promote you. That's why. Yeah, I'm hooking you up. There are other ways to promote me. Sounds really strange. <laughs> Andy, bring us in for a landing. <laughs> well, at, at any rate, um, Janelle Allison is a published author and poet and. Our, our guest host for this week and we, uh, we thank her for coming on to the show um, so until our next episode which hopefully Harold will be, will be back and reform our, our classic trio um, until then uh, support your local libraries and independent booksellers and give a shit read some lit thanks everybody thanks guys This has been Reliterated, a production of the Chocolate Milk Friends. If you enjoy our show, please consider giving us support by subscribing, recommending us to your book-reading, podcast-listening, 90s nostalgia enthusiast friends, and rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts and Audible Podcasts. Those go a long way towards getting us in the ears of new listeners. And don't forget to engage with us on Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, TikTok, Instagram, or YouTube. You'll find us at Reliterated on all those sites. Or send us an email at reliterated at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening.